One of the main reasons I conduct these interviews is because I always want to walk away with the knowledge that I genuinely learned something. I'm very big on your time and how time is energy, and you should both value your time and have a lot of consideration for the generosity of the people who choose and accept to share their time and knowledge with you. So with that, I always take a lot of consideration to how it's a great and terrific opportunity to always learn from other people's perspectives and to see the world through their own eyes. And in my relationship with my next guest, uh, Emmanuel, Emma for short, Emma has always been a great friend to me. We've known each other for a good uh, 20 plus years. And through her own personal circumstances, I've always, you know, she's always been a great source of uh, reliable consult and friendship and uh, honest, brutal transparency in terms of those times where you need to reach out to a friend who's going to give it to you, as she likes to say, with no Vaseline. Emma has a very brutal, honest, and um, transparent but loving, heartfelt way to share on her own experiences, good, bad, and ugly, to allow each and every person who's had the opportunity and grace to come in contact with her and leave them just a little bit more knowledgeable about, you know, their successes and their personal shortcomings and, you know, when we unfortunately mess up. And she will tell you and she'll be there in your corner to tell you, like, you know, nope, um, you just fucked up just now. Um, and if you're noticing this um, kind of mature intro, it's also just to give you a heads up in terms of how this episode is very clearly not safe for work so this is your parental advisory mature content warning if you have any kids or people who might otherwise be offended by some form of mature theme content this is your opportunity to unfortunately turn off this recording because we get into some familiar territory but uncomfortable uh, topics as well in terms of how they're shared, how they're debated, and how they're expressed. So with the knowledge that we always want to do better every day, understand that this is your parental advisory. So this is very important that you guys understand this, and this is also why I put an explicit uh, content warning uh, on this episode. So without further ado, a terrific, heartfelt, transparent friendly conversation two friends uh, shooting the breeze on this uh, new recording of the awaken the awesome podcast here's my conversation with emmanuel Eli. here we go you know what this is um this is always a question i always ask my 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 friends who are in this well not your situation because you're 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 particular let me just call it like that but is a separation or a divorce necessarily mean that, you know, you cannot be, you know, I'm not even, I'm not trying to use the word. So when he's like, how can I put it in a very simple term? Like, okay, does it mean that necessarily you your civil? relationship going forward is going to be volcanic, you know, or are you bound just to have differences like forever and ever? It's like, okay, the proverbial, we're just dealing with each other for this kid or for these kids. Or like, can you actually have you know, you know, can you be friends after your, you know, particular chapter? It's not even possible. I'm just asking. Yeah, of course it is. I, it really depends on your personality. It depends on the experience you had. Um, you know, some people are just toxic to each other, bad partners, but that doesn't mean that they're not great parents. You know, that doesn't mean that they can't get the job done. It just means that they're bad for each other as long as they're with each other. Um, so there's the way I see it. it. It's um. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. 
the way I see it, it's just there's a lot of pride swallowing because, you know, when you divorce and most people divorce for common, you know, issues like I'm not happy he or she cheated or it's just not working out anymore or this was a mistake. And then when children are involved, you know, despite your personal feelings, it has to continue on a civil note. It has to. Okay. It, it doesn't mean that people often do it, but it has to. It's for the mental health of your kids and, and for your own sanity as well. I mean, who needs that kind of drama 24-7? Sometimes no, I just can. like to pull his leg because I can't. <laughs> <laughs> At least you admit it. At least you're aware of it, you know? And I'm just doing it because I know he's not going to listen to this, so it's okay. <laughs> You're in a safe space. You're in a safe space. And, you know, that's the thing about, you know, you and I have been together long enough to actually, you know, have, you know, a very straightforward and honest, you know, exchange, you know, in all yeah. transparency. And that's the thing, because I learned from you, and it's important to always have people, you know, who've been through certain experiences, whether for the good or the bad, because, you know, you've certainly been there for me, you know, in terms of consult and friendship. You know, and you've certainly been there for me for both consult and friendship, you know, because it's always important to know that, you know, it's important to reach out and to talk because we, you know, you don't go through life on your own and whether through business relationships, whether through family relationships, whether through marriage, whether through children, there are people who've had more experience than you for the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. And there are people who've been there and there are people who are there, who are there even in their own experiences, good or bad to help out. And you can always like, you know, lend an ear or lend, an ha- lend a hand. So, you know, it's important to actually open up about these things and about your insecurities and, you know, even, um, and this is really funny because it's important. It's, it's really weird that we're talking about this because this is really funny. Just yesterday, out of nowhere, I was hanging out in the, in the basement, just, you know, just doing some exercise. And I found this old DVD that I had made um, when my wife and I came back uh, from a really fun vacation we had in Paris. This was the first year after, like first year into our marriage. You know, we just, you know, we, we splurged and, you know, we went, we went to Paris for, for a week for her birthday, actually. Aww. And I'm just looking at the slides and I'm seeing two young naive, loving, adventurous young people. I'm like, they look so, so <laughs> full of life. <laughs> like, but you know what? You know what? It, this is going to sound so cheesy, but, you know, my wife looks so beautiful. And I'm looking at myself and, like, Aww. he looks so young. And I'm, like, I'm looking at her, like, because, again, you know, this was back in my Haiti of photography. So I just, like, I, I'm in Paris, so I'm going to shoot, right? So I did a lot of beautiful photography. But especially since you're behind the camera, you know, just mm-hmm. same way DJs don't dance, photographers are never in the picture. So it's a lot of photos of my wife. And I'm just <laughs> rediscovering my wife. And I'm just like, damn. Aww. Wow. Okay. Huh. Damn. She looks pretty. She's so beautiful. I'm like. That's why I married her. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, seriously, it's like a 20 minute slideshow of like the entire vacation. It really hit me in the feels, man. But uh-huh. then again, and then you really have to fast forward to now. And I'm like, okay, not to say this in a bad way, but what happened? You know, life happened. Okay. And I don't say that's yeah. in taboo, I don't say that in condescension. But you have to understand that when you engage yourself into this road called marriage, you sign up for a lot, you sign up for an adventure, you sign up for commitment, you sign up for trust, you sign up for hurt, you sign up for the good, the bad, and the ugly, and it's really, you know, for better or for worse. 
And, you know, it's, it's to this point where, I'm sorry, I'm just making this long-winded, just that I read somewhere that for some reason right now, the entire concept of monogamy is basically like, you know, like a unicorn because the, the entire concept of dedicating your life to someone, to one specific person sort of comes off as like, are you crazy? Are you insane? So that's why, you know, sometimes it's not that I'm worried, but I'm like, why do people always want to make it seem like you're the alien at some point? I don't, I don't get it. You know, it's just, just me. Because and my they're scared of what they don't understand and they're, they're threatened by what they can't control. If you're faithful to one person, how are you of any help to them? You're of help to that one person. <laughs> it's like, you can't do nothing for me. I'm not interested in you. <laughs> That's how I was, see it. It's crazy. I don't know why that happened. We're just like, you know, because we know when you're bored, you're just cleaning up stuff. And I saw that. Nah, you're, you're in like, trouble oh. and you're trying to suck up to your wife, okay? Because you know she's going to hear this broadcast. That's what's happening. No, not at all. Not at all. This really came really out of nowhere. I was just, you know, just putting together some stuff. Is she, give him 10 points. Give him 10 points. What? What? I don't need points. You know, I do the dishes. Yeah. I'm okay. I think I'm good. Okay. You know, I haven't slept on I haven't mm. slept on the couch yet so far. So Listen, you know, think, we will never kick our husbands out of our beds. It's like mental pressure for you guys, you know? We act evil but nice at the same time. Like we will curse you out and come down and tell you dinner's ready and it will be delicious and you will have to thank us for dinner. Yes, that's how we do it. It's a part. We won't kick you out of it's bed. A We'll let you but in the you bed. Know, you won't you close an eye for the entire night. But you know what a le- what a revelation is personally is that when it's only in the long term that every single day you learn about your partner. You know, you learn about this person because you're not the same person you were. And I keep believing this: you're not the same person you were when you started. You're not the same person now, and you're going to keep you know evolving. And that's a discovery, and that's also a gamble. Because there are certain things that, you know, that you appreciated or you, quote unquote, tolerated in the beginning that right now you just might be surprised are kind of a big deal. (laughs) No. And so at some point you've been so used to it where you're just like, okay, is this really something that's a deal breaker? Or hmm, maybe we should talk about this a little bit, you know, in detail. No, I don't know. I'm divorced. I don't have patience for this. (laughs) You and you have a particular perspective. That's the thing. That is definitely a thing. I'm very, I'm very cut and dry. Like if I say stop, and then I say stop again, and then I say stop a third time, there's no fourth time. Okay, I'm tired. Oh, by the way, full transparency. I definitely have to thank you and apologize for like be this being the second time we have to record because of the first time being so being so epic, and then for some technical yeah. difficulties, I still have not made you know clear to me at this point. But I wanted to thank you, you know, first and foremost for your availability because you know it's really oh, no, stupid on my part, fun. but I, but I but I take these recordings very seriously. So you know, when this happens, I'm I'm my I'm my own producer. I'm like, what happened? This 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 <laughs> needs to be corrected. So you know. But it's, it's, it, it was definitely something that, you know, it's always, because I always enjoy your perspective on, you know, on relationships, on, mm-hmm. you know, the outlook of, you know, men and women in relationships and our friendship being so, you know, like you said, cut and dry, because you and I don't <laughs> have, you know, filters. So that's always fun. It's always fun. So, you know, you've always had, you've always had a very positive and very direct ear, you know, in terms of, you know, giving me the, the, the right, you know, <laughs> consult. No Vaseline. <laughs> but it's 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 so it's so intense. It's so intense because you know, um, 
and this is uh this is I was having this conversation with my brother a couple of weeks ago when he was uh, when he was here and mm-hmm. you know cuz he was at our wedding and then he came to stay over for the holidays and all the way up to January and you know he's seen me going around with the kids and everything and you know he asked me again so and um cuz he asked me this when we got married and he asked me this again um how do you know when the person is the one and I'm like as dumbfounded as it sounds, personally, and this is just my story, you just know. It's a choice. Yeah. It is a conscious choice. And for me, and this is only my my personal endeavor, it's a commitment. It's a choice. And you say, you know what? This is what I choose. And this is what I stand by. And, you know, to have and to, to behold, this is what I choose to do. And this is something that I've upheld to this day. And, you know, it hasn't always been easy. Is it always going to be easy? No. Um, is it challenging? Yes, because, you know, life is what it is. You know, sometimes you have doubts, sometimes you have insecurity, sometimes, and you can only account for yourself, right? Because, okay, you know what you bring to the table and sometimes you just want to do good. And so I have, I have to explain this to him because he's not in a committed relationship, but he takes, you know, he looks at me, you know, on a, like a microscope, you know, he's like, huh, so this is what it takes. Well, Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's kind of it's your job. You're the, you're the oldest, technically. It, it is my job to actually coach him into this because it's it's important. You know, it's important to commit. It's important to, you know, know where you stand. It's important to know what you're willing to put up with and what you're willing to give. It's, a, it's very much about give and take. I'm not sure if you agree about that one you know, in terms of the give and take. It's not, it's not a winning game, but I could be wrong from your perspective. What do you think? No, I agree. It is about give and take, but then you have to know when to stop giving and when to stop taking as well. I feel that um, the more time you spend with your significant other or your partner, people get more lenient. You know, like I give, I give, you take, you take, and then you stop the effort. Mm-hmm. And it's good for the younger generation to see that there are still couples who want to put in the effort um everything's so easy these days they have situationships relationships taxationships and whatever spaceships to that ship it's I just it's it's ridiculous works. this is so foreign to me this is so foreign to me. the sexual dynamics and the social the social dynamics of couples or like human interactions right now totally escape me i just don't get it anymore because we don't interact i mean think about it all you, you have a screen and that's all you need. That's how people meet people these days. That's how people start dating. Oh, we started texting or we this or we that. Whatever happened to just seeing somebody from across the room and just being like, ooh, hi. Like that hi. used to be the thing. And, and sadly for me, because you know, I'm in between the 80s and the 90s kind of baby. Mm-hmm. And I had, you obviously know my siblings and everywhere they went, mm-hmm. I went. So I witnessed the whole courtship, the whole letters. Oh, I'm, here's a letter to your sister. Bring her for me. Or, you know, like, um, I want to dance with you. I, I witnessed that. I just And it messed me up because that's what I expect. So when somebody comes at me the way they do nowadays and they're like, oh, what's your number? Let me text you. And I'm like, well, why? Why can't you call me? Why can't you come see me? Why can't you take me out? Like, it's, and they're like, you're weird. 
Because you have a particular it's perspective, just, right? Because you have no shortage, of, no shortage of shooters, and uh, you know, you told me like the different, you know, and <laughs> misadventures or misadventures that happen over your DM and on Instagram. You yeah. you get a flurry of you know particular circumstances that are oh, some you mean of dates? them are I unmentionable. Yes, I, they fly in my inbox every day. Does that really happen? Like, really? You really genuinely oh, get you have no idea. Seriously. Yes. Yes, and if what you don't answer, I actually get offended. I don't know. That a thing? I don't know. I, I mean, don't, I don't and know. honestly, what I love doing about it is I rate it. Okay, I'll give you a one. I'll give you a one point five. <laughs> I send them a rating. I'm like, I'm not impressed. I'm impressed. One guy actually told me he had two of them, and I was just like, this I gotta see. <laughs> send it over. <laughs> Wow. Oh gosh. But so that I, was funny and it was a, a very woman, bad Photoshop job. But that's but as a woman, you know, because you're you have to deal with this. You're on the receiving end of this and you have mm. to ask yourself because you're told about your upbringing, you know. So you have to ask yourself, and I'm mean, this is me asking you from your perspective, is chivalry dead or is chivalry something that's overrated? Or are we working too hard? Am I, because am I, my wife sometimes tells me I'm square or too contemporary, sometimes too conservative, but sometimes, you know, hey, this is, this is how I am. This is my mold. And you don't mind. You married me. So I'm guessing I'm doing something right. I'll tell you the truth. And that's a great question, really. It's not that chivalry's dead. It's just that women have become the men they want to be pursued by, that they've become the men they want to marry. They started like loving their own selves and appreciating their own selves. So it's come to the point where you have two options. When you, and I'll take a plain example, when you get addicted, you can either be offended or you can laugh at it. If you're offended, then mm-hmm. you're high strung because everybody has so many stereotypes and then demands of you. If you laugh at it, then you're either easygoing or you really don't care. So uh, as far as men go, honestly, some guys are plain jerks like really some other guys are sweethearts and they still open the door and they still pull out your chair and you never touch the tab and they still make you laugh and, and those are the greatest really especially if they're a little nasty on the side that mm-hmm. works you know and then you've got the ones that you really just they were bathed in holy water from the moment they touched air <laughs> from the moment they escaped their mother's vagina they got dipped in that holy water <laughs> i'm going to hell but <laughs> No, you're not. No, you're not. We're having a very honest conversation about the reality. You're right. I'm not going to hell. I already rule it. It's okay. All right. So I had a couple of shots, so I do apologize. You're okay. It's good to to talk to you. It's always good to talk to you. (laughs) Thank you. But honestly, I think that it's too much pressure. There's no such thing. It's too much pressure of acting like we don't care. It's too much pressure of acting like we do care. It's too much demand on men you guys already try so hard you try hard for courtship you try hard to win the girl over you try hard to keep her women we have our fair share of stuff to do as well but i feel that we're very unfair towards the male sex because we demand so much we do a lot but we demand so much oh yes we do we ask for you guys to court us and when you do get us we ask that you keep courting us to keep us and when you do have us and we say yes for you to marry us we still want to do the same thing that we had you do when you just started but isn't that the proverbial let's keep the fire alive type of thing? 
I'm just talking mm. because, again, these are things that we hear all the time from whatever couple, how, no matter how long you've been there, there's always that concern about how do we keep the fire alive? Well, we used to do this. And, you know, we well, what happened? But you guys courtship? are not the we same be people. Adventurous. Because you guys are not the same people. You've grown together. You've gone through different things. Your personalities have changed. Your, your output uh, on life has changed. It's not about... Um, we used to be. It's about rediscover. Rediscover you and you might find that you love you. Rediscover your partner and you might find that you love this version of your partner. It is love through growth. You cannot keep loving the person that you met in the past because mm-hmm. the attributes are different. Okay. So no, I'm sorry. I'm really following you here because sometimes <laughs> I wrestle with that. So, okay. Is it important for me to keep connecting to the person I was or is it more should I put more effort and energy and consciousness into building on who I am right now, you know, for the future me? Because, you know, because I keep hearing about the fact that, you know, work on you where you are right now. Just be mindful of the now. Mm. So from what I'm hearing from you is like I should let go of how it used to be. Not exactly let go. Learn from it. I'll give you an example. When you fell okay. in love with your wife, she was not the mother of your children yet. No. Okay. But now you love the mother of your children and she has more value to you because she is the mother of your children. Certainly. It's still it's still the same women, the same woman, not women, my bad. But Asian, you are two women and one. It's okay. You're fabulous, baby. <laughs> but listen, <laughs> it's still the same woman. It's just her growth. You know, it, it's like a different strain of her. It, it's mm-hmm. mother, wife. And that's also a part of her that you like, that you love, that you cherish, that you value. That's true. That's true. So it's not about letting it go. For so long, you have Y'all such a ancient. history together. Yeah, yeah, we're we're ancient. We're ancient. We're probably <laughs> going on like almost what this year. All in all, this year we're going on fourteen years. Yep. Like all in all, like dating, marriage, kids, everything. Like you know, we're going on a good fourteen years. That's 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 a track. That's that, mm. that it's it's been an adventure so far, so mm-hmm. far. You know, and it's something I'm going I'm on four years of work. I'm gonna buy a ring. <laughs> but I mean, like, it, you it's like got, it? It's gotta be. Hard. I like it. <laughs> you like it? You like it? But hey, the concern and the focus always remain. You know, the precious treasure. You know, your grumpy puppy being your son, and mm. you know, I'm sure it's been an adventure for him too. Adventure, I say, really that quote unquote, because it's, it's got to be hard on a child as well. But you definitely do a terrific job with him because he's definitely one of the most aware, the nicest, sweetest, funniest little minion alien I've ever met. I swear, congratulations to you on that part because he's like, you know, he's he's a particular one. But and I Mm. asked you this at the last recording. How do you make sure? Well, again, um, uh, because I always always ask that I like to ask my questions in respect. You know, how do you? make as in like you know you're not here to replace because this is me being bad advocate right i believe mm-hmm. that i'm not here to replace their mom i can only be the best dad i can be i cannot i'm not mom 2.0 you know mm-hmm. and i'm very conscious of that because i'm not the type of father my father was not to say i'm not taking away anything from away from my dad it's just that in this new generation in my reality i want or i see fathers being a lot more present and a lot more involved you know but when that figure is absent from the child's day-to-day how do you as the mother compensate for that or do you at all um well it's a gray area you know i'm not that and the relationship that he has with his father 
it was never my intention to take away. I did not divorce my ex-husband and ban him from his child life. Um, mm-hmm. And I made that very clear. You know, this is an open divorce. You can come and see your kid whenever you want. You can have him wherever you want. He's just... You don't even need to tell me days in advance. You know, five minutes will do. <laughs> like, it's your kid. Uh, you can, they can call you. They can spend time with you. Uh, when he has issues where I feel like I'm not enough or where, you know, my discipline as a mother will not count at that time, I am shameless. Uh, I will call that man up. It could be midnight. He could be in bed with his new wife. I'm sorry, lady. But, um, yeah, no, I'm calling. And you will have that talk with your dad and you will spend time with your dad. And honestly, I provide him the best experience I can as far as, you know, fatherhood comes. And we try to make it work. You know, we keep a straight face, a civil face in front of William. And we do that for his mental health. Uh, The day that I knew what I was doing was right is uh, he was having a conversation with some classmates and they were talking about divorce. They're very young. Mind you, those little kids speak like they're the drunkest adults ever. Um, they do. Kids have no filter. Kids have no filter. At all. At all. And, um, you know, I, they were talking about each other's parents divorcing. And my son turns around and he goes, well, I can't tell you guys anything because my parents are not married, but they're friends. You know, if mommy says no, daddy says no. If mommy says yes, daddy says yes. And they're not so together. He's aware of that. You've built that structure for him. I have, you know, we co-parent and it's difficult because there are days where I bet you he wants to strangle me and I want to strangle him. Mm-hmm. But um, when it comes to William, we put it aside. You know, I recently brought my son to him. That was my gift to him. I just, you know, it's, I needed a break. Take your kid. <laughs> well, you know, see, see that, see, I want to, see, I want to touch on that one. I want to touch that one. And again, if this is, if this sounds uncomfortable or, you know, out, out of point, I just want to, I just want to say very clear, it's totally okay if you don't want to answer. It's just that sometimes I was having this conversation with, uh, with another father friend of mine. And I told him basically, you know, sometimes people want to make it seem as if it's, you know, against the law or shameful to actually say that you as a parent cannot take your kid. You can't stand your kid right now, you know, as if it's, you know, unlawful or shameful to actually admit that right now at this very moment, you you just can't take it as if you know you can't uh, be human you know yeah no see the black is gonna come out of me real strong for that one bro for anybody who does not have children let me tell you this there are evil minions with angelic faces they're like half of your dna and the other half is complete satan (laughs) because you have to admit it to yourself man you see you take a senile and then you get him super drunk and you also feed him a love potion And that's your child right there. That's your child. That's your child. And sometimes that, that's, you, that's your you child. Have it's all over the place. It's all over the place. And you it's just need hard. to look at different different dad or mommy blogs or Instagram or whatever the memes exist and you can relate because they are very true. It's like a dictator who's on acid, but for some reason <laughs> is as cute as a panda bear that you just want to yes. hug and throw yes. out the window at the same time. Yeah. But this is your child. <laughs> And it's okay. It's really hard. It's, it's not easy. It is. You need to admit it to yourself. It isn't. And you know what? And I will tell any parent out there, if you need help, you ask for help. I have a great support system. I have friends. You know, I have two amazing brothers. I have a sister, even though she's far. She's always here on the phone with me. Um, and 
I know that, you know, when I just want to be able to go pee alone or, you know, when every mom will recognize that I'm in the closet because, you know, we don't have privacy. (laughs) They'll make it happen. So, you know, find your support system. Find the people who want to help and don't hesitate to ask. See, I'm a single mom, so I don't get much time. But when somebody offers, I'm just like, hey, you you don't want to adopt them? It's okay. I won't charge you child support. I'll bring and you food I, every morning. And I think this is something, you know, most parents, new parents or parents of young children or even parents with older children, sometimes, you know, you have to come to that crossroad or maybe sometimes it's too often left unspoken that, you know, the the pressures and, you know, the, the, the demands of parenting can soft, often seem overwhelming or unfair or whatever. And then you're, you come to the point where you're asking yourself, am I losing myself with, you know, with these children? Doesn't mean you don't love your kids. You just you're just a little bit aware that, in my opinion, that maybe you should love take a little bit of that love and put it into you because and that's a lot something I've certainly dealt with, you know, and I had to open up about it, you know, to my wife. And sometimes there were some points where I'm I'm committed. I'm there. I'm making it happen. You know, I'm just like taking care of the kids and doing everything I can taking care of my house and like trying to, you know, give, 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 give. And then to a point where my wife has to sit down and tell me, like, you know what? you're not taking you're taking care of us but you're putting nothing into you and that worries me mm-hmm. and that was like you know in a past life where you know i really i really went down the, down down uh, down a very very unfortunate road but um you need to take a step back and understand that it's okay to ask for help or say that okay you're not in the mood or sometimes you know the boy wants to play soccer i'm like buddy not right now just give daddy like five minutes just like let me breathe like two seconds and that's not wrong you know, you're not saying it no, in, a, in, a, in a disrespectful tone. You're not saying it in a harsh tone. Sometimes they're really demanding and they can't take it. But it's important to talk about it. And I'm not sure if, you know, you've ever dealt with that. I do every day of my life because I don't get the chance to say, give me five minutes because all he has is me. So, that is something, you know, huh? yeah. So I will wake up early. I will, you know, iron your clothes, get you to school, make you lunch. If you forgot your backpack, I will go back and get it and I will pick you up and we will do homework and we will play together because he's also an only child. So it's, he has no siblings to play with. So I play Xbox. I play soccer. I play sheriff. I just, you name it. Right? Like I've, I've worn a Captain America Halloween costume and I've walked around in Publix with it because he was dressed as Batman. I've done it. That was fun. I got called hot. <laughs> that was really fun. I kept it too. <laughs> but, he's, but he's lucky. But he, he's lucky. He's lucky. He's lucky to have you. You know, because again, you know, some some uh, some single moms, you know, might not you know go the distance. And again, that's not taking anything away from any mother whatsoever, because it's not easy. And I'm never going to judge because you really have to be in it the same way. You know, you don't judge people who choose not to have children. And I was watching this um, this uh, excerpt of. Um, What's her name again? Chelsea Handler on Netflix with her show. And she was talking about parenting. And she was talking about having children and being child-free. And it's a very open conversation, you know, respectful about, you know, people who choose not to have kids, which is totally fine. It's totally fine. It's just one diff. It's a one choice versus another. Doesn't necessarily make me right. Doesn't necessarily make you wrong. As long as you respect each other in our own, you know, respective realms, we're good. Mm -hmm. You know, do you, do you. But too often, do you get that? that um dare i say you know that taboo or that condescension if i well you chose to have kids i'm not oh, sure yeah. if you've ever dealt with that oh yeah i, I get that a lot you know um especially with the haitians um 
you know, just we get that a lot and you need to learn to ignore it because, you know, at the end of the day, people can throw any types of words at me. You know, I have this tiny human being that depends on me and loves me unconditionally. And I mean, really unconditionally. I can look like crap. I can look like this. I just, I could have vomit on my shirt. He'll still call me pretty for now. I just know he won't. He calls me a hot mess. I'm lying. He tells me when I look a hot mess. I'm lying. <laughs> that boy is so sweet. He is so sweet. He's so sweet. Oh my God. But you know, if there's one thing being a single mom taught me and, and just being a parent overall, forget about the whole single mom thing. Um, it's that love yourself first because a happy parent guarantees a happy child. How and do the we first do that? couple it's <laughs> that's the challenge, you know. You need to find what you really like, what has value for you. And you will lose some parts of yourself in the process because it's difficult. Um, personally, you know, I used to love writing. I had a great pen. I, I was an airhead. I was a romantic. Um, I just, and I envied my friends who were able to go out and experience things and have nail polish on while I was breastfeeding because I became a mother really early. Uh I cried myself to sleep many nights. I had depression. I had, if you name it, postpartum, the whole shebang. You know what I found? You have to make peace with yourself because being a parent is not a crime. It doesn't matter how old you are. Being a parent is not a crime. Women are designed to have children. It is a choice. I had a choice and I chose to carry through this pregnancy. I am choosing to raise this child. I'm choosing to make it into a decent human being the best of my possibilities, of, of what I know. It's about assuming responsibility and, and making peace with it. And losing what you lose in the process because you're going to gain other things. I, I, okay. I bake. I sew. Um, I play a mean soccer. I mean, sheesh. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, like you find a new niche, you find new things. It it is not a loss. Having children is not a loss. Not having children is not a loss. Everything is about growth and how you approach Thank it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that because it's so important for you know for people to understand that it's all about a choice. And I really pro- appreciate what you said about that. You know, it's not a crime. It is a choice. Where do you want to go? Did you make this choice? And you have to live by that choice. And by making that choice, yes, you're closing some doors, but you're also opening up new ones. And sometimes it takes you a certain time to see that. But through time, growth and acceptance, you will realize that, you know what? Maybe not, don't look over your shoulder saying like, you know, oh, look at my other friends or what. No, look at you and look at everything that you've done, you know, for the good, for the bad. And and wine. Especially for the good. And wine. And wine. A whole lot of wine. I don't have wine tonight. I don't have wine tonight. I have whiskey. I I definitely have no filter. (laughs) A whole lot of whiskey. But, you know, (laughs) and that that little minion, that little alien, man, it's it's, it's definitely something. You talk about about baking. You know, you've uh, you've definitely, you're making a lot of people hungry on Instagram. You know that. (laughs) Thanks. I appreciate that. I'm just saying, like, La Petite Gourmand is, is something that is definitely, like, that exploded over the past year. I'm just like, okay, 
not just for the likes, because again, a lot of people are talking about it, and you definitely got a great momentum. Plus, you know, you're very intense, you know, with you know, with your programs and marketing strategies and the the orders and like you know, just make it happen. And you know, you definitely got the contacts. But I'm really curious, you know, what you've already talked about having so such limited amount of time. Where did that stem from? You know, we're just like, you know, were you always into cooking or is like, you know, to just wake up one morning and say, hey, I should probably like, you know, make this into a little personal venture of mine. How did that happen? I have a couple of words for you. College broke munchies. (laughs) (laughs) In that particular order. In that particular order, you know, um, I went to Barry University on a scholarship. I went to the School of Law. Um, so it, it was really hard. But, you know, I, I was not the type to call my dad and be like, Dad, I'm hungry or I want leftovers from home. And, you know, I wanted to stick it out and be the tough girl. Um, so, of course, I would get pocket money, but there's only so much, that, you know, <laughs> pocket money can give you. So mm-hmm. you end up going to the supermarket and you buy eggs and a banana, and, you know, one of those little, like, camping ovens. (laughs) I still have that oven. It's my best friend. Uh, (laughs) And you may do, you know, and and it's your friend's birthday, for example, and you don't have enough to make her a cake, so you start, like, mixing whatever looks, you know, chunky enough to give you that texture. Um, And turns out that my treats were decent. They were very good, so I became the plug for all the late night, you know, potheads on campus. <laughs> it would be one o'clock in the morning. I swear, brownies, um, pasta. Uh, I used to do a really good, uh, believe it or not, Coca-Cola ri- white rice. Water is expensive. <laughs> Coca-Cola white rice. It is super good. You add almonds and raisins in there. It's really good. That wow, that's I'm I'm sorry, I'm just trying yeah. to imagine that in my head for two seconds. <laughs> right, rice. So okay. what you do is is you put very little coke in there. You of course you put like some water, very little coke, and then you put it in the rice cooker, because obviously, you know, we're bougie like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it boils and you know, it cooks and, and as it is simmering down and there's almost none of the water left, you put your almonds, slivered almonds, and you put your raisins and then you close it up. And it's pretty good. I mean the potheads liked it. <laughs> wow. So I started okay, charging. That's a disc- for my I meal. discovered something tonight. <laughs> I definitely or, discovered something tonight. Coca-Cola white rice. Wow. You know what okay. else is good? Intense. Um Toasted mm. bread, butter, uh, peach jam, and bacon. Huh? Aha. Uh-huh. Toasted bread, butter, peach jam, and bacon. Yep. Okay. This just turned into a <laughs> cooking show. Okay. Wow. That's. That, uh, so that is I was known creator. as Munchies. That was my name on campus. Okay. I was Munchies. And it would be 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, and people are knocking on my door. And they're like, yo, what do you got today? I so me I up. started charging. Wow. That was See? Cool. Entrepreneur mm-hmm. right there. No, it's more like hustler. You know, you, you got to eat too. People will it always be hungry. <laughs> well, yeah, people will always be hungry. Well, you'll always have need for doctors because again, some people will always need healthcare, you know. And mm-hmm. wow, right? Like food, food. Everybody's everybody needs to eat, right? Especially in college, everybody when needs you're to broke. Eat. Especially, yeah. 
I remember my first. Oh, yeah. I remember when I first got my apartment. Like you know, I was I was on eating on ramens, and ma- I got really creative with mac and cheese, ramen, and you know, tuna cans, and like mm. uh, you got really creative really quick when you're hungry. It's like oh yeah, really really creative. Oh, yeah. you, you can extend a dollar like you know by a mile. <laughs> that was That's cool. true. That is cool, but no, seriously, because again, because um, I see, I see your feed, and La Petite Gourmand is definitely something that's very colorful, very creative, and you're always on point with whatever's going on, man. Because again, there's always an event, there's always something, there's always you're always broadcasting something. Well, I'm doing a, I'm doing a, this little get together. Okay, I'm doing this little, you know. <clears throat> save the day and like you know place your orders place your orders and gluten-free and you know you're even doing the health kick man it's like okay she's got everything covered (laughs) (laughs) well but i forgot to ask work and dedication yeah you got to be committed you got to have you got to be some structure in there right Mm -hmm. wow but i saw you broadcasting something about um you know you had you there was a little bit a little hiccup with uh with um what was it? I don't know, some health services or mm. whatever, like, you know, what, what happened there? Well, they mixed up my papers and my licenses. Um, I applied, I paid what needed to be paid. I got inspected um, and I never got anything. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> come to find out a couple of months into it, like I'm full blown. I'm retailing to people. Like I'm doing my thing. Um that I'm not allowed to sell because I never received my license. So I oh called boy. them, right? So I called them and I'm like, hey, guys, what's going on? Um, I can give you, you know, when I came in, when I applied, I have my receipt. And they're like, oh, but we don't have any of those papers. I'm like, but I have my receipt. Sure. <laughs> Where did my money go? <laughs> Who took my money? So that kind of set me okay, back that's... to square one. Um, a lot of my clients lost faith in me, uh, you know, so I had to. But it, but it was a good thing. You know, because I realized that there were new opportunities for me that were open. Um, I went and I took a few seminar classes in New York, um, Boston. I I learned a few new tricks up my sleeve. um, And, of course, I reapplied. But this time I'm going through the proper channels. You know, I'm not using a friend who works there. Definitely don't do that, guys. Um, Okay. (laughs) So, you know, you apply, you go through the waiting process. There's nobody to speed it up for you. Mm -hmm. You just go through Um, the channel. Like you sit, you wait, you apply. This will take three weeks. Like, okay, three weeks. Okay. Yep. An arm, a leg, and a very mean old lady behind the counter who doesn't like you because you look 12. Ouch. Yeah. Black don't What's your advice to, you know, to... Stop making me laugh. I'm trying to be serious here. <laughs> this is a serious show. Um, no, but seriously, because um, you, you're you a single mom and you're definitely part of the grind. You know the hustle and everything. So basically, you're, you're the best person into this mindset to help people understand the importance of... You, tell, you talked about loving yourself and being committed, but you're definitely an example of how it's possible. You know, what would be your tips to somebody like, you know, just, you know, in their creative groove, like going to the grind of like, okay, I'm a parent. Okay, I've got a crazy workload. Oh, these kids take so much of my time or I don't have the time to even breathe. Like, you know, why would I have the time to do a personal side job? Like, you know, what would be like, you know, your go to like, you know, bitch slap in the face, you know, verbal, you know, encouragement here. What would you tell them? You can't do everything at once. You're one person. So you got to pick your battles. Uh, I worked corporate. I could not pick up my son from school. 
I had to drop him off. Um, I would finish my shift at midnight and he would be in bed. And my mother was exhausted from taking care of my kid. I got booted from corporate and I still needed to make money. So uh, my brother, Olivier, pulled me out of my depression. I'll never forget. And he was like, why don't you do something you love just, you know, for now to get you out of the funk? And within three days, I made the amount that I used to make working two weeks in corporate. So you need to make a choice and jump. You are not perfect. But you know who thinks you're perfect? That kid who needs you. Whether you're broke, whether you're rich, all he cares about is that mommy's home and eating dinner or breakfast with them. I had a schedule where I used to sleep like 30 minutes a day. Wow. Because I wanted to do everything and it got me messed up. I developed something called social anxiety. I've been on Clonopin ever since. Uh, Without it, I get the shakes. I can't talk to people. I can't be around people. I can't do the stupidest task. Like if somebody asks me for a glass of water, I will start shaking and not be able to give them that glass of water. Uh, It's really about Mm -hmm. one day waking up and being fed up of not being what you want to be. Or being fed up of staying stagnant. Move. Do something. It doesn't have to be something particular. But get up and do something. Get up and do something. Personally, you know what? This is how I got out of my funk. That first week where I started baking, I did a butterball naked dancing. I was in my kitchen waving that spoon around like, oh yeah. (laughs) We're making, we're we're making, we're we're baking. We're baking. I don't care. Make it happen. Yeah. Making We're making it happen. it happen. We're making it happen. And I have to say, you know, if it makes any sense, this is definitely, you know, just if well, I'm just, we're just playing a tennis match here. This is definitely, this podcast itself is a pure manifestation of that. For the past <laughs> year and a half, a lot of people are asking me, what happened to the podcast? What happened to podcast? You haven't been podcasting. Well, I was going through a very bad period. You know, I was like, you know, it was difficult. That was, it was a difficult commute. I wasn't sleeping well. I wasn't home much. I was working a lot. I was not, you know, the best person, you know, let me just say like that. I was not the best person mentally and emotionally. I was oh, not the best there. I was very negative, the best version of myself, you know, whether to my wife or my kids, I say this a lot because this is me working on myself and acknowledging, you know, this is, this is very important for me to acknowledge these things through these exchanges as well. And, you know, I had to take ownership of that. And, you know, when I lost my job, um, late, um, it was two years ago when I lost my job and I had like, I had a couple of months left in my paternity and I was, um, paternity leave. And, um, I had to take two seconds and actually ask myself, okay, where do I want to be? What do I want to do? And if I go back, you know, working, working a regular day job, I was like, okay, what do I want? What I don't want and what matters more to me and what mattered to me was being there for my wife and being there for my kids. And for the rest, you know what, let's make it happen. As far as this podcast is concerned, a close friend of mine, Stefan Bazin actually reached out to me like, dude, I'm still waiting for the next episode. And this was like, what, I hadn't published anything in, in over eight months. And like, dude, you're still waiting? Like, don't you get it? It's like, no, 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 no. You, I don't care what's going on, and I respect it, but you can't let this die. You, 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 gotta, you gotta get out the funk. I respect it, but get an episode out. Like, do something. So I just basically did this, and here we are. <laughs> you know? 30 some episodes in and I'm just like, I'm having the time of my life, you know? Yeah. You got to get up and do something. You have to get up and do something. Stop making, you'll make it happen. You'll make it happen, but you need to set yourself in motion. 
And, you know, a lot of people will tell you, it's hard. Oh, it worked for you. Baby, it did not work for me. I busted my butt. I'm still busting my butt. And I'm sacrificing a lot. There is no result without sacrifice. I'm not going to go out there and pretend that, you know, I'm the next, like, entrepreneur. Like, I'm awesome. I'm mm-hmm. Damon, whatever his name is. That but dude. you're awesome. <laughs> you're awesome and, in your particular MOA. You know, in, in, in my own way, I'm all right. But, I mean, I have days where I just want to stay and burrito myself in bed. And in between... My free time of 8.30 to 2.30, this is where I get everything done. Because as of 2.30, I'm mom. That is my time. Mm-hmm. That is my time to be mom. And I've completely accepted that I am mom. That means, no, I can't go out. No, I don't want to go on a date at midnight because you're not going to hire my babysitter. That means, no, I cannot wipe my vagina by myself because my door has to be wide open. Because there's a tiny human renaming me every three seconds. But from it's important to acknowledge that. To this is your reality. Exactly. And and it's, it's and there's fathers. It's like that for some dads, too. I mean, I commend the men who raise their children, who support their wives, who are dedicated. Or you know what? The guys really don't give a crap, but they still do it because there are some guys who don't do it at all. There are some women who don't do it at all. You can't yeah. just decide to stay in your funk, no matter how bad it is. Get up, go get some meds, talk to somebody. I have friends, you being one of them, that every time I have a problem and you and I both know I get some kicks out of life sometimes. And I just text them. I'm like, yo, this is what I'm going to lay on you right now. This is my problem. Why? Because at that point, you need a community. Find your community. But not Facebook, not Instagram. <laughs> I mean, the phone is all right because that's the closest you can be to the people that are far from you. But Facebook and Instagram, those are people who won't even recognize you in real life. Those are people that will judge you by the picture you post up. You know, just like let's you make the next, the next viral. Be because I'm at the pool. And you know what? This is so this is so important. Sometimes you know, some people pull up some some statuses on Facebook, which you're you genuinely know this is a person reaching out. And sometimes you have to tell them, you know, Facebook is not the best way for you to deal with this, right? And personally, I've you never said out. that to somebody. I, I have, I have, because it was something that was, that was it was something very particular and something that I totally resonated with. And I picked up the phone and I called him directly. I'm like, dude, whatever you put up on Facebook right now, if you're dead serious about this, we definitely need to talk. And if you want to talk right now, if you got two seconds, let's talk about this right now. And lo and behold, he really just needed to talk to someone. He really just yeah. need to talk to someone. I'm like, dude, I'm here for you. Need me. I probably can't help, but I'm here to listen and I'm here for you. Like, listen, I called you like, let's talk about this. What's going on? What happened? And you know what? Let's do this. It took like 25 minutes, like for him to just let him vent. You know, it wasn't pretty. And I definitely like and said, okay, you're going to do this, 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 this. But whatever you do, you know what? Talk to someone. But you see, the thing is, sometimes people don't know who they can reach out to. So they send like a, a mass SOS. And a lot of people, unfortunately, take social media outlets for, you know, that platform to send out that mass SOS. That I'm okay or I'm not okay or I'm eating an apple today. Uh, it's just you cannot tell somebody that, oh, take this off. Because that's their way of trying to reach out because they don't feel at ease enough to personally or, you know, call somebody up. I see your point. Just I'm, like, I'm very direct. Some, I know I can't you hold are, sometimes, <laughs> I know sometimes you I'm, no, Sometimes I'm too, I take this, like, you know, I, I, I take it in. I'm like, no, 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 like, you know, this needs to be, this needs to be addressed. This is important. But this that's a lovely thing about you. So don't change it. 
I'm very sensitive. I'm very emotionally intense. You know, sometimes I'm I'm just like, okay, you know, just like step back. Personally, I stop butting into people's stuff because like I'm petty and I have no time for bullshit. So (laughs) there comes a point where you know I just start telling my friends like, you just need to hang up the phone, girl. Hang up the phone, and then I get blamed because they're like, oh, Emma told me to hang up the phone. So so I don't butt in anymore. I just end up giving those like buttons, like like. We're done. I really appreciate what you said about, you know, just loving yourself because it's definitely at the core of a lot of what you do because, you know, no matter what type of content you promote, you know, on the Instagram or anywhere else, everybody knows that from you. You know, no matter what you're going through, you're always going to put out a very powerful message of putting putting yourself forth in a very, you know, self-conscious, altruistic manner. You know, F your beauty standards. You know, this is me. No matter what you want, love yourself first. You know, and so many, so many of you like, you know, heady or not. So many, a lot of uh, the content that you share has always been about, you know, loving yourself and appreciating yourself. And do you think right now is that is the fact that we're dealing with this overexposure of comparison for women right now? Not just as moms, but it's just like there's I think there's a lot of consciousness about that. I have a daughter right now. And sometimes I see this and like, oh, my God, she's she's always she. And again, I had this. <clears throat> she gave me a um, little event about, you know. I want to be a princess like so-and-so. I want to be pretty with long hair and everything. And sometimes I'm get, I get that, you know, she wants to be, you know, Rapunzel and everything. And sometimes the dad in me, the self-conscious dad in me wants me to tell her and remind her, yes, you're beautiful. Yes, you're beautiful. Yes, you're beautiful. Don't worry. Don't worry about other people. You're beautiful to yourself. Am I overdoing it or? No, do it. Tell her, do it. I mean, I have a boy, so I can't really give you advice on a parent's um, set, you know, view, but I can do it from a daughter's point of view. I was lucky enough to have a father who would tell me, like, hey, you're gorgeous. Who cares what others think? You're hot. Who cares? You don't need to have one boyfriend. Have two boyfriends. <laughs> My dad was awesome. <laughs> but it's really just taller. And you know what? It's not about, okay, baby, you want to have blonde hair? Let's go have it. It's more like, okay, baby, you want to see what we can do with your hair? You can have curls. You can have a fro. You can be pretty. Do you do you not feel pretty? I think you're gorgeous. What do you think? It's not about what other people think. I have stretch marks and cellulite, but I'm still banging. Like, yes, I am. Because I think I'm banging. Not because you think I'm banging or not because you like my body or you give me a like. No, I think I'm banging because when I look in the mirror, if I was a man, I'd tap that. And that's good enough for me. So not as just far an as your daughter goes. It's something that you embody. It's something that you, you tell yourself. It's something that you But you have to grow it. with it. Because if you don't grow with it, it is a struggle to learn as an adult. Because we hurt each other. You know, women want too much from men and men want too much from women. You know, and I'm not saying all men. Well, our standards are too high. How do you want a $100 bill when you're worth two? Okay. It's not going to work. Pick on somebody your own size. That's how I see it. You want the best for you, but you're not bringing the best to me. I'm not going to ask you to be something that I can't match. Okay. If I'm going to like you or pick you, it's going to be for who you are at that moment and what you have to offer at that moment that I like. Not for what you lack. 
Because nobody's perfect. And if I find a man or a woman who has no stretch marks, no cellulite, no cavity, no broken tooth, no, I don't know, no wrinkle, no, no splint, split hair, I'll run real quick because something's wrong with you. You are who you are. Learn to love it. Rediscover you. You might find that you love you. It's plain and simple. Take the time. Look at yourself in the mirror. And it goes back again to the whole like men showing off their penises at me. I do it. It's a compliment because I know that I am attractive. Okay? When you look at me, you need to have a heart on. That is how it is supposed to be. I'm not saying that every man in the room needs to have a heart on, but I bet you one of them in this room probably has one. You and owe me a Valentine's Day gift. <laughs> every year. Every year, I just wait on Valentine's Day for that for that for that post to come up. It's like <laughs> you jerked off to one of my pics during Valentine's Day. You owe me a Valentine's Day gift. So I'm like, okay, it's true. I accept vodka, whiskey, <laughs> EBT, paid bills. <laughs> oh Lord! Wow. But you know, it's just, I feel that we put too much pressure on each other as human beings to be something that is not real. We're overanalyzing each other. We're overcomparing. And and compensating as well. Because you try so hard. I get it that you would want to do it for you. But then at that point, you, you make it about you. Don't come at me telling me that, oh, I look like this, so you need to look at that. No. Do that's you, not how it works. Are you happy with you? And if you're happy with you, I should be happy for you. Exactly. Well, unless, you know, you want to better me. But don't pressure me. And again, that, that's the whole thing. It goes back to the whole relationship as well. Better me. Don't pressure me. So we can do this. You know, I'm going to walk the path with you, but it's not my place to impose my impressions on you. Exactly. And you shouldn't, you know, judge a person or call it quits with a person just because of them not being able to meet a physical expectation that you have. Some people's bodies are not meant for that or built for that. Like, I'm short, but I have a very thick and heavy thighs because I was a dancer and a runner. And then in high school here, I decided that I could play football. Mm-hmm. So those thighs are not going anywhere. It disturbs many men because I lack the whole, you know, beautiful long legs factor. But I don't care. You know why? Because I can choke you in your sleep with them. So keep pissing me off. Because, again, we're all about expectations, right? Because when you're in, in a relationship and you always keep telling yourself, well, I do this. I don't understand why you don't do this. Well, you know, I find this so simple. I don't understand why it's so hard for you. And, you know, it's not. It's both men and women, right? It's mm-hmm. both men and women. And the same way I believe that men have become, and I say this really openly, men have become a lot more open, a lot more receiving of women's, you know, communication. Because you want men, to, we've always wanted men to be more uh, emotionally intelligent. And I believe there's been a really big effort on that. But I believe with this emotional intelligence and sensitivity, um, men are feeling just a little bit more intense in terms of all the pressures that are brought onto them, you know? And they're mm-hmm. a lot, they're still quiet about what they're going through. Like they're more open to what women are dealing with, but they're not as open or transparent about what they're feeling. And I believe there's a really big um, chasm right now into really understanding the 
the, the, the breadth of what men are going through, both emotionally and mentally. That's why I'm really big on, on mental health, especially in men. And it's something that I believe that men still have a lot of work to do in terms of communicating, you know, the weight of what they're going through. I'm not saying that men are like, you know, having, having such a terrible time, but men are really dealing with a lot of social and, and emotional and societal pressures that, you know, I still have to be put to light right now. I'm being very philosophical right now, but that's something I'm really noticing and i'm not sure if you have i have and i agree with you the thing is if you look back let's go 10 years ago 10 years ago that would have been women so like i said there was a shift where i'm and i'm not saying feminism where women have become more aggressive more talkative more demanding they have become by society standards more manly therefore we define it as feminism and men wanting to you know compliment and to, to kind of like make up for what's missing have become metrosexuals where they take much more care into their appearance, more emotionally available. Um, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, but I do feel that women should tone it out a little. Like, honestly, it's getting kind of annoying. Um, as far as men go, guys, it was about time. Thank you. <laughs> We've made strides. But, Right? You have. Kudos to you. But now it's the fact that women are becoming the men they want to marry, the men they want to court. They're outspoken. They're brazen. They're out there. They're demanding. And they're telling you, oh, it's because I won't tolerate this and I won't tolerate that. Well, then wear the pants. But don't be shocked when he starts wearing a thong. And I speak in a lot of different expressions, and that might be hard for some people to understand. Um, but what I mean by that, um, and I use a lot of imagery, and it's a bad habit of mine, so I apologize. It's just you need to know when to be soft. You need to learn. The thing is, men have learned how to speak, and women have stopped listening. There was a time where okay. women listened when men spoke. So you're saying so, that men have learned to, like, be quiet? It's not that they let learned the speak? They're, sw- they're swallowing it. They're choking. Men are subdued now. And that's my personal opinion where now it's come to a point where guys are just like, oh, okay, never mind. I'm not, I don't want to offend her. I don't want to hurt her feelings. There's a limit to how much of that you can do because the job of a man is to keep it real. Women will fly off the handle. I personally the know I can on, this, the on this recording are really gonna, are really not gonna like you. You know that, right? It's okay. I'm used to it. <laughs> no, but I appreciate your openness with this because I really value your opinion. Really, seriously. So women it's, need it's, to learn to to reel it in because men are blossoming. Appreciate it. Everything that they were complaining ten years ago that they didn't have. They've worked so hard to get it, but now they don't know that they've achieved the goal and that it is time for them to stop because the guys are there and they got the message. Give them their try. Be quiet and listen. Women have started being too outspoken and have stopped listening. Men have finally learned to open up their mouths and talk. But women don't want to listen to them anymore because now it comes it comes to a point where, oh, he's always complaining. He's such a crybaby. He's so this. He's so that. But 10 years ago, that was exactly what you would have wanted. Because it's true. 
because I see your point. I really see your point because I, 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 because again, you can only base on your own comparison, right? I don't know the type of conversations that my parents had, okay? But this vulnerability, you know, or this communication, this intense emotional intelligence is not something I've experienced, you know, from the man, the manly figures in my life is not something, there's no direct example I can have other than my own. This is something I chose to do in terms of being more open about how I feel and saying things, you know, in a very respectful, but very truthful manner and opening up about my emotions, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's true. It's true. It's important to actually speak that. I definitely have a great communication with my wife because we definitely work on that mutually. When I tell her like, okay, I need to express this. It's nothing directed at you, but this is just in emotions that I am dealing with. And she definitely gives me a platform to just express myself. Like, oh, okay. This is what, this is what you're dealing with. Like, okay, fine. Or sometimes I might be at work or driving or like, you know, just really late at night. And sometimes I'm in the middle of the night and I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm thinking a bunch of things and I grab my phone. I won't wake her up, but this is funny. I wake her up and I just grab a huge text and I say, okay, things keeping me up right now, you know, and I just text her and then I go back to bed. And then she wakes up in the morning or along the day and says, wow, I just saw your text. And I'm like, okay, let's talk about this. Like, okay, point A, point B, point C, point C. And, you know, it's something I wouldn't have done, like, earlier, you know, in a past life because I was so closed. But now I don't, I don't drown with it. You know, it's important to just, mm-hmm. like, throw a hand out there. It's like, okay, hey, I need, I need a hand. Like, okay, I need a life draft, like, right now. Like, but that's because but you important. are comfortable with that side of you. Too many men nowadays... Yes. Be comfortable with that side of you. It always feels like you have to pull the worms out of a man's nose. Why are you like this? Why do you look cranky? What happened? No. Come home and and see it out. Tell me about your day. Tell me about like what this asshole said. Tell me about your boss. Tell me about the hot girl with the fly ass that walks every time. And you got to look. I'll help you look. But like, I need to know. Let me know. I want to talk too. I want to listen. There's definitely something we got to practice because it's not part of everybody's dynamic. It's mostly about, okay, let's talk about the weather, the traffic, the movie, you know, the the latest meme or whatever, the kids, you know, but genuine, you know, conversation about just random, you know, just life stars in the universe. It's something that people just need to practice no matter how dumb it sounds, but it's true. Routine takes over a lot. It takes a lot of space. It does. It does. Routine kills. It is your enemy in the relationship because then it becomes monotone. I'm not saying to be excited all the time. It is your enemy in any relationship, social, emotional, romantic. Don't do it. Okay. You you always come up with one little thing that is different and it's not to spice things up. It's for your own health because if you live by a schedule, you will die by a schedule. Things will end by a schedule because your mind will do it without you realizing. And it'll just be like a flood every day. The same thing. And when that one new thing comes into your life, you might fuck everything else up because it's new and it's exciting. So how do we keep things simple yet refreshing? I'm not going to say that, but... I know your head went 10,000 places right now. But honestly, it's about make it work. Find something. You know, you you can come home and 
turn off all the lights and send the kids to bed and then have dinner and then cuddle. Or you can come home and bend that ass over the chair. I don't know. Make it work. You can tell her that you're going out. You can drop off the kids after school. There's so many things that you can do. Personally, you can high-five your coworker instead of hugging them. Do one thing different every day. Because that will determine how your day goes. Routine kills. Every day you come in, you say hi to the same person. You sit at the same desk, you do the same thing. You don't even realize that you've done it. Because you've done it so many times that your brain doesn't register it anymore. You take everything for granted because you've done it for so long. It kills. It drains you little by little and you stop actually living because it's a shell and you do it by habit. It's like a computer booting. A a lot of it is about you. And and that's why it bothers me when people say, oh, relationship is about us, us, us. But what makes us? Me plus you. Take care of you. I take care of me. And then we combine it into an us because a happy me and a happy you is a happy us. Do you agree? to touch on that and i really want to because you know probably going to wrap up because then we all have lives so just want to come up to the top of the hour but as you said that i just went to buy a um a quick uh, video that will smith put up on instagram and he was saying that uh, how he was talking to jada about you know being love being in love in the relationship as in like he's given up on making her happy and he basically came to the awakening that you know it's important for me to be happy because my being happy benefits you. And if you're happy with you, if you work on being happy, so your being happy benefits me. So we're happy together. Like, you know, we're walking parallel paths of happiness together, but it's not my job to make you happy. And it's not your job to make me happy. You know, we just have to work on each other's happiness because you know what we are, are I don't know if I'm making sense, you know, if I'm really paraphrasing, but is that no, basically you are, what you are saying? But petting me is like really reeling that in <laughs> petty me is like wait hold up wait what I, I, I think mean, it's still up i think it's still up on his instagram but i'm really paraphrasing i saw that really quick and it sounded nice but i'm like it really it's really deep i will say this um yes you have to make yourself happy you have to cater to yourself because that will help promote the, the that health that you need in that relationship that no toxicity type of relationship however do not take each other for granted and do not undervalue each other. You know, still try okay. and give that person that one little thing, a kiss before you go to work, a little smack on the butt before you leave, um, a cuddle, or wash their hair, cut their toenails, whatever floats your boat, tickles your pickle, frosts your cupcake, but make it work. It's not, oh, you know what? I don't have to work at making you happy anymore. No, I have to work at making me happy because I am happy and I am at peace with myself and I've accepted all my flaws, then we can work at making this go forward. I'm I'm not a relationship guru. I am single as fuck, people, okay? Don't take my word on it. (laughs) No, no. This is two friends, you know, just talking to each other openly about life and the universe. This is no different than any conversation you and I have had over the past 20 years. (laughs) Exactly. So it's just, and, and, and believe me, he never thought that he would be talking to me like that because he met me when I was, like, this tall. (laughs) But honestly, you you cater to you first. Cater to you first and then tackle the road ahead. There's no soldier who can go into battle with an empty stomach. You can't get what you don't have. And it's that simple. Every day is a battle. So every day you fortify yourself. Whether it's a relationship, whether it's work, whether it's parenthood. 
every single day is a battle and it's not every day that you can eat but you have to or else you're not going anywhere wow man i know right i'm awesome you're awesome <laughs> man you're so you're so definitely truthfully and so breathtakingly awesome no seriously like thank you thank you so much for all the words of wisdom it has been a terrific hour spent in your delightful company thank you so much again and uh definitely like you know this has been one of the most like you know the fun and most transparent and there will be such a very huge disclaimer about this being you know a very explicit <laughs> show title <laughs> once this episode goes live but you know this is definitely this is definitely the a lot of fun it was definitely a lot of fun emma thank you so much for your loving words and uh, is there anything cuz i asked that of all my guests you know is there any words of wisdom, words of encouragement, positivity, or pettiness that you'd like to just throw out there for people to just like, you know, just close the evening with? Yes. Girls, ain't nobody got time for that. If he stops making you happy, smack him. Smack him real hard. Smack that ass. Smack you real hard. <laughs> I expected nothing less. Oh, my God. <laughs> Emma, thank you so much. And no matter when, no matter where, no matter how we can make the universe align again, you know this 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 little this little you know niche of the universe is the, yours. So whenever time you want to come back, you know you're always welcome. And we'll definitely exchange on so many much more other things. But man, it's been a great, great, great exchange. Thank you so much for your time. It was my pleasure. I hope we can do it again. It's definitely. Have yourself a great evening. We'll talk soon. Bye.